Chapter 15 She stared dubiously at the scribbled address on the strip of ripped typing paper in her hand. Was this it? It was the obvious outer skin of a long-shuttered Dairy Queen, its recognizable aquarium-shaped design, the dark stains of signage still legible. Why, Queen, indeed? A plastic sign leaned prominently in the front window reading, Fried Bell Bonds, P.I. and Taxidermy. A dusty, balding panther guarded the window dressing tableau. One of the glass doors sported a cardboard covering, a jagged hole where the thin glass had been kicked in, the frame of it dangling from the cracked hinges. The functioning door of the establishment was perched open with a stack of out-of-date phone books, some out-of-state ones as well, Gloria puzzled, shaking the loose gravel from her shoe and popping her head into the shadowy, air-conditioned interior. Yoo-hoo! Appropriate warning shot of the South. Anyone home? It had been at least thirty years since Gloria entered a smoke-friendly workspace, and that was a print shop in the heart of Virginia. Yet when she walked through the battered, stickered, double doors of Rusty Fry's empire, smoke poured out, enveloping Gloria in nostalgia. This was what college smelled like in the seventies. Every room filled with smoking smokers, smoking their black lungs out. She, for one brief semester among them, secure in the sisterhood of sophistication that smoking once signified. Then, she contracted a horrid upper respiratory infection and regrettably quit, during which time her then-boyfriend Dan moved into her room to nurse her and never left. An open secret on the floor of her dorm, a semester followed by an engagement, a marriage, and no more college. Ah, the freedom of ignorance, when those pesky warnings on the sides of the boxes were just glimmers in the FDA's eyes, back when you never really heard about the side effects aside from the odd doctor who put his cigarette down long enough to mention it. The good old days. Help you. A voice enveloped in the smog of the room and, astonishingly, the sole source of the cloud of nicotine filling the space croaked from behind a floppy newspaper. An actual newspaper, which lowered to reveal a small slice of an overly tan woman, her long gray hair frozen in time, bangs and jangly earrings competing for space around her heavily lined face, her skin shiny and mottled, the outline of a patrician profile probably quite lovely in her day, still shown through the disuse. It was one of the identical sirens from the cemetery. Several empty beer cans were visible littering the floor behind the stool on which she perched over the high wooden desk of the lobby. The lobby was empty, save odd debris. Two partially empty offices were visible behind her. Are you... Gloria was quickly cut off by the woman across from her. Anne Delancey would have been smart enough to bring a small notebook and pen for notes. Gloria Weedman had not. Damn it. Yes, she sighed, shaking her head regrettably. You with the police, too? Or that guy that came by after with the insurance company? Y'all got our statements already. No, Gloria shook her head, moving closer, peering through the curling smoke, the sizzle of an extinguished cigarette reaching her ears. I'm not, I'm just, I'm a, a client of, uh, of Mr. Fry's. What happened here? The newspaper folded down carefully placed before the woman looked Gloria over. Uh, the murder? Or, I'm sorry, the accident? And now the break-in? 
Don't suppose you'd notice the mess. The woman gestured to an overturned, already long-dead potted banana plant, soil strewn across the cheerful tile of the dining room, a boarded segment of what was once clearly a drive through window, and a distant mess of overstuffed boxes in the office-slash-storage room. A customer, huh? The smoke-scented woman grunted, having come up behind Gloria during her scrutiny of the disheveled office. The woman dangled her thin, bejeweled wrist around Gloria's ribs, pointing to the mess, loose papers, and scattered manila file folders, each labeled in blocky letters with primary-colored markers, green, red, orange, yellow, and blue. Unfortunately, Gloria's eyesight wasn't such that she could read the labels to see what secrets they may hold in their paper embrace. Didn't take the money that was here, but I think they's looking for something specific. Doubt they found what they were looking for. Can't imagine Rusty having anything of interest to anyone but a fellow squatch hunter. As you can see, we're out of business. A what? Gloria frowned, making mental note of the break-in and the strewn contents of what promised to be Rusty's private eye files. What her nosy soul wouldn't give to get her hands on those babies. It was a small town. No doubt she'd recognize every name surveilled. Yep, the police were pretty interested in those files too, but you know, paying consumers got their right to privacy. So we aren't quite sure what to do with all that, but I know it's not for our eyes. Certainly not for theirs. Nope, <clears throat> it's in the Lord's hands now. God rest Rusty's soul, you know? Her bony hand rested on Gloria's shoulder, gently pulling her from the open doorwell. Cassie, isn't it your Rusty's third wife? The woman barked, coughing, shaking her head, rasping. I'm Susie. Oh. Gloria blinked in confusion. The doors flew open behind her and another, almost identical version of the woman before her swept into the room with a bolt of blinding sunlight illuminating her outline, two bags of fragrant fast food dangling from her left hand, a very large multi-liter soft drink in the other. As she entered the room, Gloria could see her hair was almost white, but still the same out-of-date hairstyle from the 70s as her co-worker. Gazzy, she thinks I'm you, Susie barked, laughing dryly. Can you believe it? Never in a million years, Cassie answered in brusque monotone brushing past Gloria before depositing the bags on the desk. Gloria looked at the twin, realizing that this woman was Rusty's second wife, and the one who had just entered was the third. Who's this? Cassie finally asked, nudging her hair twin, Susie. Customer, Susie explained. Weedman, Gloria. Gloria thrust her hand out to Susie, who took it reluctantly in her own cold one. Weedman, eh? I know you. Her knowing smile chilled Gloria. She went on. This is the mare's sister. You remember that dirty book she wrote? You remember that? The smile slid from Gloria's lips and her body tightened. Yes, exactly that one. She pressed her lips together. Well, I can see I've come at a bad time. I'm sorry for your loss. Please, carry on with your, uh, your cleaning. Gloria backed up and made a hasty exit ignoring the cackling laughs that followed her retreat. She drove away with only a familiar return to an old humiliation and the slightly interesting knowledge that Rusty Fry's offices had been broken into and nothing of value was stolen. What then was the perpetrator looking for in that poorly organized pile of files? She reminded herself to inquire about the break-in with Casey Cash. <laughs>